0: Welcome to Journey with Scripture, our daily podcast on the Bible. My name is Peter. Today in the Gospel we hear about the wrath of God. What is it? How can we understand it? Enjoy this episode, share it with others. God bless! John, chapter 3, verses
1: 31 to 36 The one who comes from above is superior to all the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks about earthly things the one who comes from heaven is superior to all he testifies about what he has seen and heard but no one accepts his testimony the one who has accepted his testimony has confirmed clearly that god is truthful for the one whom god has sent speaks the words of god for he does not give the Spirit sparingly. The Father loves the Son and has placed all things under his authority. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. The one who rejects the Son will not see life, but God's wrath remains on him.
0: Today's Gospel ends with a statement, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him." The phrase, the wrath of God, makes many of us uneasy. Theologians teach us that the phrase applies human emotions to God. So, what should we do with it? Should we ignore it? From the early days of the Church till today, There are Christians who are perplexed by the image of God portrayed in the Old Testament. He seems to be stern, strict, and ready to punish any act of disobedience. How different, they say, from the image of the Father who embraces his prodigal son. These two conflicting images of God led some to reject the Old Testament entirely and hold on to a portion of the New Testament alone. This is one of the earliest heresies that somehow can still affect us. In the Old Testament, the wrath of God is related to the execution of justice. Unlike the gods of philosophers, the God of the Bible is passionate about justice. He does not tolerate the oppression of the righteous by the wicked the poor by the rich, and the weak by the mighty. It is this quality of God that makes a prayer of lament and petition possible. Prophet Habakkuk, for example, asks God why he remains silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he. Our moral actions have consequences either for good or for bad. It is the acts of injustice that evoke God's anger. In the New Testament, we also read about God's wrath. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, writes St. Paul to the Romans. According to Paul, God's wrath is manifested in letting those who reject Him and His commandments to do the sinful acts they crave to do. We even read about the wrath of Jesus, the Lamb of God, in the book of Revelation. The unrighteous people cry to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? How can one escape this wrath? Through faith in Jesus. Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come, wrote St. Paul to the Thessalonians. In the Bible, death can be seen as an act of God's anger and the first act of justice. Death is the consequence of transgressing God's commandment. In Jesus Christ, life triumphs over death, and those who believe and obey Him are assured of eternal life. In this way, the first Christians saw the drama of salvation. Whoever believes in Christ passes from death to life, and so the wrath of God does not remain upon such person. Getting that message into the world was a matter of death and life. That is why the preaching of the gospel mattered so much to our ancestors in faith. But does it still matter to us?